Girlfriends, episode number eight, five ways to beat the winter blahs. Hello and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom, and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance, and joy in family living. So what are we waiting for? Let's get started. Hey, girlfriends. How's it going? How's your week going? How's your Lent going? It's still Lent. It's still February. It's still winter. So we're going to be talking about ways to beat the winter blahs today because I feel like it's really appropriate this time of year. I don't know how the weather is where you are, but up here in the Northeast, we've enjoyed a relatively mild winter, but still the indoorsiness gets to you and still the cold and the dryness and the worrying about heat, it just wears you down and I am certainly feeling it. So that's the inspiration for today's show. Um, I wanted to just kind of talk about some ideas for how we can beat those winter blahs and really we can have the blahs or whatever you like to call it burnout, sick of itness, February, we can actually have that any time of year. So I'm just going to kind of share some perennial tips for ways that I try to overcome those things, things that have worked for me in the past. And I hope that you'll give me some feedback and share some of your own ideas for ways that you've gotten over the blahs in your life, in your routines. But first of all, I want to check in with you about Lent. We talked about Lent a couple of weeks ago. I'd love for you to let me know how your Lent is going. Here in our house, um, it's trucking right along. I think uh, we're meeting our usual standards for Lent of avoiding sweets, and the kids have been pretty good about that. Me personally, I've taken up a little bit more spiritual reading. That's going pretty well for me. I'm continuing with my low-carb eating to support my husband in the way that he prefers to get his eating habits under control. And you know what? It's just become a habit now. So I feel like that that's cheating. That shouldn't count as Lent for me right now because honestly, it's kind of just feels like a no-brainer. Occasionally, I'll feel it if somebody's having a cupcake right in front of me or something. But for the most part, it's kind of just working. And I don't know if you've ever done a low-carb diet plan before, but I've been impressed with the way that it makes me not hungry. So if ever you've struggled with, you know, just uh, really reducing your calorie intake or that kind of thing to try and lose weight, and you've suffered from being hungry all the time, this might be a good alternative for you to consider is um, trying, you know, there are lots of different ones out there, different kinds of plans for low carb eating. But one thing that I've really discovered is I just don't ever feel hungry. Uh, maybe it's a little bit if it goes real long, or maybe a little bit after I exercise or something like that. But for the most part, I'm not really suffering. So anyway, that's part of my Lent, but it doesn't feel very Lenty. Um, also, I've been going to Mass a little bit more regularly throughout the week, and that's thanks to my 10-year-old, Raphael, who has been asking to do that. I took him a few times at the start of Lent, and he just really liked the idea. I mean, I'd like to say he's a saint in training, and he really values the holy sacrifice of the Mass, But and I'm sure some of it is that, but I think he's really fascinated by the fact uh, that the daily Mass is so very different from the one we go to on Sunday, just how 
efficient it is. He keeps talking about the different elements of the mass, which ones are essential, and noticing how those weekday masses are just 30 minutes and yet get everything in. I think as a boy, he really appreciates that kind of efficiency. But nonetheless, him asking me, I mean, what kind of parent, if you're at all available, tells a kid they will not take them to daily mass if they ask. So he's been great for my Lent so far. So, you know, send me a note and or give me a voicemail and let me know how your Lent is going and I can share it on a future podcast. But getting to today's topic, we're talking about beating the winter blahs. I've got five ways that I want to share with you. If you're in a rut, if you're just feeling just downtrodden this time of year, I think it's helpful to kind of break up your routine a little bit, try something different. So the first suggestion I have for beating the winter blahs, my first idea is enjoy a guilty pleasure. Now, we were just talking about Lent. And so no, don't break your Lent, whatever you've decided to do for that. But find some other way that you can indulge in something that you don't often do, something you used to enjoy a lot, maybe back uh, years ago when you were younger or had a freer life. The kinds of things that you enjoyed, think about what those things are. Maybe it's going to be a Netflix binge or something like that. I know one family that really was into Star Wars, the the dad and the mom really love it both. And they spent a weekend a couple of weeks ago, just watching all of the Star Wars movies together as a family. And I know people in my life who've done that with Lord of the Rings movies. Um, you know, whatever your particular guilty pleasure is, and it doesn't have to be movies, could be books or something that you enjoy like that. It could be um, an activity that you haven't indulged in, maybe a craft or something that you you haven't done in a long time, something that you feel like you, you know, you, it's, it takes too much time and you just can't afford to have the time now that you're a responsible adult or whatever, fill in the blank. Find out what that guilty pleasure is for you and enjoy it a little bit because it can, it can help to ease the pain of some of the some of the boredom that we feel this time of year, some of the difficulty that we have with always being inside, um, you know, can offset the, those pains with a little bit of pleasure, something that you enjoy. You might might not be Star Wars. It might not be uh, Lord of the Rings. Maybe you'll spend an afternoon going through old photo albums if you really enjoy that kind of thing or, or looking at home movies on your computer or researching your family history, whatever it is that you used to enjoy. You know, fill in that blank for yourself. I used to really enjoy and spend a lot of time on blank, but I don't have the time for it anymore. Make the time. It will help to refresh your soul. Just spend an afternoon guilt-free indulging in that thing that you used to spend a lot of time on or you used to enjoy a lot and no longer have time for. So that can kind of break up your routine. The second suggestion I have for beating the winter blahs is to go outside. Now... (laughs) I know it can be terrible out there. And in February, it can be just so gray and disgusting and slushy and muddy. And who knows what else, you know, the frigid cold we had a week ago, thankfully, is gone. But we've got some windy days going on now. And there's a lot of mud, a lot of ice, a lot of dirt. And, um, you know, our yard isn't exactly the, the beautiful thing that it becomes in the summertime yet. It's gross out there. But find a way, find a way to force yourself to go outside. You know, this past weekend, our little town here had uh, a skate fest, which is, you know, it's supposed to be a day that's very family friendly and oriented toward having kids skate on the lake and they have a little rink and, you know, they, they, a lot of the local restaurants offer free food and uh, they play music and it's just a very community oriented outdoor event. And I found that going to that and spending the afternoon outside, making outdoors, a no-brainer for all of us as a family, well, it was my husband, me, and the youngest kids, that it really was very healthy for us. And it was a nice break in our routine that 
we didn't have to say, let's go stand outside in our gross front yard. It, we had an activity to do. So maybe look in your area, see if there are things like that. There, there are lots of different uh, family kinds of community events that happen this time of year. If you live where there's maple sugaring, there are lots of things that are going to happen with that in the coming weeks where you could get outside, even if you have to travel a little bit to go somewhere where there's an event or a class happening outdoors. Just give yourself a reason to get outside. And if nothing else, go for a walk. Take your dog, take your kids, get yourself outside because there really is no replacement for that fresh air and sunshine that you can only get outdoors. I think we sometimes forget that human beings are part of the natural world. That's where we belong. And yes, some of us love it more than others, but we all are meant for that environment at some very basic level. We all crave that sunshine, that fresh air, that natural refreshment that comes from taking in some of the natural beauty of the outside world. And, you know, this way it can naturally involve exercise because I know that that's a nice way to kind of revamp yourself, give yourself new energy, change your surroundings. I think a lot of times what when we experience what we think of as the winter blahs, it's because we're looking at the same four walls over and over again. We're stuck in the same routine. We're, you know, dealing with work or kids or laundry or whatever it is that's filling up your days. You're doing it in a very small space. So, Expand your space a little bit. And an easy way to do that is to force yourself to get outside, even for a little bit. Make that little bit of effort. And I promise you, it's going to change your mood. It's going to help you to feel better about life. You're going to feel like you have a little bit more perspective because when you're stuck inside a box and I don't care how big your house is, it can very much feel like a close quarters cramped box this time of year when you're spending so much time indoors. So force yourself to get outside, find a reason to do it and make your kids come with you. I promise it's going to change your mood. The third tip I want to offer is, now this isn't going to sound like fun, maybe, unless you're a super type A, clean something. And specifically, clean something that you see every day. Because I think sometimes when we're, you know, spring cleaning or even some of us do it as part of our Lent cleaning out our homes, that we do it, we start with like the closets or, you know, the pantry or something that you're not faced with every single day. And we kind of ignore those big spaces in our life that are always there. And maybe the clutter's, you know, mostly under control in these larger areas. But what I find is really helpful for me when I'm in a funk, when I'm feeling moody, when I'm feeling like I need something new and different in my life that cleaning something that we see every day, cleaning a space like right where you walk in your house or your kitchen countertops or a living room area, even if you rearrange the furniture there, but just super cleaning it feels so good. And it gives you a mood boost every time you see it. It really makes you feel like your surroundings are fresh and new and you have control of something that's important in your life, which is the environment in which you're spending your time. So one way you could do this is look around. What what are the things that tend to bother you, but you don't get around to, whether it's clutter piling up on your kitchen countertops or that closet where you hang up your coat and everything spills out every single time or um, a living room area where it's just books and magazines and things piling up or floors that are grungy, whatever it is, pick that thing, pick a, a confined space and clean it out. Super clean it, clean it down to the corners and then maybe refresh it a little bit, put out a new tablecloth or put out something um, like a nice decorative uh, vase or something in a spot where you don't usually have it. 
this time of year, it can be really helpful to do that in our indoor spaces. And it doesn't have to take a lot of time. Even if you just have a half hour or so, you can kind of renew a space that you're coming in contact with every day. One way that I did this recently was we have a little bit of a living area, right, where you walk in the house and it's where boots end up getting placed and left, even though we have a mudroom that's specifically for that purpose. Um, So boots and sneakers and school bags and everything just kind of gets dumped and left there. So I spent, uh, it was probably less than an hour uh, last week, just really super focused on this space. And I cleaned the floor there, did a super vacuuming, you know, removed all the book bags and other items that aren't supposed to be in there, moved all the gross boots into the mudroom. And I had a little end table there that really just ended up being a catch-all for all the junk that everybody has, you know, that comes through the house. It even had mail on there. So I cleared off that table completely, put like a nice little uh, table covering on there, which is actually just a pashmina scarf that I had, and just covered that table and uh, put some of our our containers of rosaries there and um, a nice candle that I lit there. And Let me tell you, for that investment of time and no investment of money, it felt great. And everybody in the family noticed it because they were walking in the house and you suddenly had a very different feel about how you felt about the home when you were walking into it. It felt ordered. It felt uh, homey. It felt uh, pretty and inviting in a way that that space hadn't in a long time. So, you know, take a look at your your surroundings with with the eyes of maybe someone who's never walked in there before and see what stands out to you as something that kind of jars the experience and fix it. Because even if you're not realizing it, that those kinds of things that you're seeing and feeling and experiencing every day do affect your mood. So a little bit of time and investment, a little bit of work and, you know, have your kids help you out, have your spouse help you out. You can You can make it a a group project and just enjoy doing this together, refreshing a space in your home. And, you know, I I felt so good about accomplishing that last week that it made me start to look at other areas of my home. So it's nice in that way that it can be contagious and you can start to refresh all of your spaces. And it really, I think the payoff is huge for a very small investment there. The fourth idea that I wanted to share with you today is take a trip. And now don't tell me you don't have money for this and whatever, because it doesn't have to cost you anything. If you do have money, that's great. You know, we've planned weekend getaways before that cost a little bit, but really just mostly a hotel stay somewhere that had a pool. And my kids and uh, Dan and I just really enjoyed that kind of changing of our surroundings. And, you know, for the cost of a hotel room or two of them, depending on the size of your family, that can be a great way to take a little trip and go see something different. But you don't have to do something that costs you money. You know, you can go somewhere even in your own town that you haven't checked out in a while, whether it's an outdoor space or a museum or a library you haven't visited before. Just, you know, maybe explore a little bit online. Um, A lot of times there are Facebook groups groups for families in your area and you can check out what's going on in your area. Maybe uh, call up the Parks and Recreation Department in your own town or your city and see what's going on that you can take part in or what places there are that have just been sitting there that you've never visited. And, you know, this is an easy way to kind of change your surroundings, make you remember that life is bigger than the inside four walls of your home. And, just kind of refresh your mood. You know, I think that's really the biggest problem that we have at this time of year when we're just feeling so over 
everything. You know, even if you're living down in the south and you're not dealing with cold weather, and it, there's just a drag that happens this time of year because we're at a certain place in the school year, or um, it's you know a, a certain amount of time after the holidays, and we're just getting to that blah routine, that blah schedule. So, you know, just think of a way that you could take a trip, go somewhere. It doesn't have to be you know very far away, but you know, pack a lunch, get in the car and, you know, take whoever's in your home that's willing to go with you. Or if they're not, go by yourself. I, I've done this before, but it wasn't during the winter blows. It was during moodiness at other times in my life. I think I was pregnant at the time that I did it the most dramatically. But when nobody really wanted to go on a particular hike with me or whatever it was that I was planning, and I just did it myself. And that was great. It actually was a wonderful way for me to kind of refresh my soul. I think I I managed to go by a church and spend a little time there in front of the tabernacle. Um, And then I had packed a lunch. So then I went to a, a local park and I just sat and had some quiet time by myself. If you're feeling like you need that in your life, then make it happen. It doesn't have to be a huge investment of time. You don't have to hire a babysitter to make it happen. But if you're just feeling so enclosed inside of your life and your routine and your home right now, which so often happens at this time of year, just recognize that that's normal and it's okay. And you can make the time for yourself in that way. The fifth way that I want to talk about for combating the winter blahs is make a mess. Now, this is something that's counterintuitive, I think, for many of us, because we spend our days picking up messes and trying to avoid messes. But something I realized as a mom, especially when my kids were younger, was I had fallen into a habit of saying no to everything, everything that was even remotely messy or fun or outside of my comfort zone, because I didn't want to deal with it. And to some extent, that was a survival mechanism that served me well through those early preschool years when everybody was under the age of 10. But that's not a great default because we do need creative things and activities in our lives and kids need it. And this time of year is a great time of year to kind of examine yourself in that way, examine what your daily habits are, especially if you have young children. But even if you don't, you can do something creative on your own that you avoid because of the mess or because of what's involved in setting it up or preparing for it. So it might mean like a baking project, for example. Um, I know sometimes I'll avoid baking, even though I love baking, because I'm already trying to stay on top of the dishes and keep my kitchen clean, just preparing you know, three meals plus snacks every day. So I feel like, oh, I don't want to inject another mess into that. But If ever you're going to do it, this time of year is a great time to just make that concession, deal with the mess, and do the thing that's going to be creative, that's going to be fun, that's going to be interactive with you and other members of your family. So it might be baking, it might be cooking a special kind of meal, it might be an art project that you would really enjoy. Some moms are super crafty, and some of us just aren't. But every one of us is a creative person. Human beings just are creative creatures. And so you can satisfy a real need that you have. It's part of your humanity by taking part in a craft project with your kids. It doesn't have to be the super involved things. It doesn't have to be the stuff you see on Pinterest. It doesn't have to be super complicated. Kids love it if you just let them play with bowls of goo. And they're, speaking of Pinterest, there are thousands of recipes for different kinds of fun goo on Pinterest. Pick one that feels uh, a little bit more comfortable to you, whether it would be making your own Play-Doh. We've done that a lot of times over the years. And 
I love the Play-Doh that you can buy ready-made, but there's something about making it together and letting kids pick out their colors. And maybe it's because I did it as a kid. My mom always made our Play-Doh. The recipe is super simple. I can post a link um, on daniellebean.com in the show notes if you don't happen to have that. But uh, just making something together that kids can put their hands in and that you can put your hands in, that you can participate in in a creative way. Some moms really enjoy sewing. And maybe there's something your kids might not be able to do the sewing right along with you, but there's something creative that they could explore on their own while sitting next to you while you enjoy a sewing project. This is the time of year to give yourself permission to do those things that we don't make the time for at other times of the year. If ever you're going to do it, now is when you're supposed to do it because this is when you're feeling cooped up. This is when you're feeling bored out of your mind. This is when you're feeling like Lent is never going to end. There will never be a warm spring day. Your kids will never play anywhere but right in front of your face where they're getting into a fight every minute. This is when you're supposed to make those concessions because, uh, you know, dealing with the mess afterwards, it, it's something that you can do if if you're avoiding it for the wrong reasons, which I found that I have done at different times in, in my parenting that I've sort of said that no out of default, out of this defensiveness of I don't want the mess. But this is the time of year to make that concession if ever you're going to do it. Okay, so those are the five things that I recommend for beating the winter blahs. So first, enjoy a guilty pleasure. Pick something that you haven't indulged in in a while that you really enjoy and just do it. Number two, going outside. Get yourself outdoors. Give yourself a reason, an excuse that you have to get out and do something and then just get yourself out there, even for just a few minutes. Makes a huge difference. Number three, clean something that you see every day. Just refresh your indoor spaces and it will change your mood and your family's mood. Four, take a trip. Change your surroundings. Go somewhere new. Refresh your senses by seeing and experiencing something new, even if you have to do it by yourself. And number five, make a mess. Make the mess. Just say yes to the mess and do the Play-Doh, do the cooking, do the craft, do the sewing, whatever it is that you've been avoiding with that poor excuse of it makes a mess. Just do it, and then um, you can deal with the mess afterwards. It will be worthwhile. So, you know, while we're on this topic of talking about the winter blahs, I want to be clear that what I'm talking about here are the kinds of moods and the kinds of cooped upness and feelings of boredom and frustration that can naturally happen at this time of year. The kinds of things that can be solved by getting outside or doing a craft or doing a cleaning project in your house. But if you're experiencing something more than that, something more serious, something going on on a more ongoing basis where you're feeling depressed, where you're feeling down, where you're feeling helpless or hopeless, that that's something different. And I I just want to be clear that if you're experiencing something like that that's more intense and isn't going to be solved with these five little quick fun tips that I've shared here today, I want to encourage you to go to your doctor. I want to encourage you to share with your friends, with your family, with people who will support you um, and help you to get the help that you need. So many women experience things like postpartum depression and they push it aside and they don't recognize it for what it is because they think it's typical moodiness or something that they should just be able to get through on their own. But there is help and there's nothing nothing sadder than a woman feeling like she has to power through something on her own that's so difficult and that she if she had a little bit of intervention, whether um, medically or spiritually or whatever it is that you need, that there's no shame in asking for that help. So I want to be clear that what I'm talking about here are winter blahs. I'm not talking about depression or anxiety on the levels of which that you might need to make an appointment with your doctor. So um, these quick fix and these fun little tips are are for that kind of 
yearly annual feelings of frustration that we have. So if something else is going on with you, I really want to encourage you to take a look at your life and uh, get the support that you need, get the help that you need, reach out to somebody and share what's really going on in your life. So I've seen it in enough people that I know and love dearly that I don't want anybody to feel like they have to suffer or like they have to apply my Band-Aid tips to something that's a more serious situation. So if you are battling the winter blahs or if you succeeded in some particular way with battling the winter blahs, I'd love to hear from you. Email me at danielle at daniellebean.com or leave a comment in the show notes at daniellebean.com or click the little voicemail tab and send me some voice feedback. Tell me how you've overcome these kinds of everyday difficulties, how you and your family get through this time of year. I would love to hear from you. Hey, girlfriends. Who are we talking to this week? It's time for an interview. Okay, so this week we are talking with Sarah Vabulous, who is famous on Twitter as Catholic Drinky. I had a great conversation with her. I love the energy that she brings, and I just really want to bring her voice here onto Girlfriends as a young single Catholic woman in today's world. So take a listen. Let me know what you think. welcoming Sarah Vabulous to Girlfriends today. You might know Sarah on Twitter or Instagram as Catholic Drinky, that cool, hip young woman who supports our drinking habits in all the best ways. But Sarah was born and raised in the Atlanta area, and she graduated from St. Mary's College at Notre Dame with a degree in communications and a minor in religious studies. She works in marketing technology for a Silicon Valley company, but after hours, she has fun on her blog, and we're so glad she does. Her blog is Catholic Drinky, Catholic Drinky with an I-E dot com. You'll see that in the show notes. And there she discusses life as a faithful young Catholic adult and about her pursuit for the perfect homebrewed beer. Her first book, The Catholic Drinky's Guide to Homebrewed Evangelism, released in June of 2015. Hey, Sarah, welcome to Girlfriends. Hey, Danielle. I'm really excited to be here. Awesome. I'm so glad you made the time to be with us here today. And um, so, I'm first of all, I, I needed to clear up with you before we started how to pronounce your name, because I've only known you online, I've only seen your name online, and I've always hoped it was fabulous rhyming with fabulous, because <laughs> to me, that is just an awesome thing. That <laughs> To have and a it's name a pretty great last name, I have to admit. You know, with with all humility, it's just been always fun as a kid, um, and even now as an adult. I'll, to hear the reaction from people when yeah. I tell them what my name is, half the time they don't believe me. The other half, they make the joke, "Oh, like fabulous!" Bet you never heard that before. Every time, every time. <laughs> So great. And I might look into changing my name to like Danielle Verific or something like that. You oh, know? man, you totally should. I, I highly recommend it. <laughs> Sounds like a superhero or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm so glad you made the time to talk with us here today. And um, we're going to start in with the questions that we ask everyone who comes on Girlfriends. And I've really been um, inspired and challenged and just really moved by a lot of the different answers we've gotten from women answering these very same simple questions, because it really highlights for us the way in which all of us women are the same, and yet we're all different. We all have different experiences of very similar things. So I think it's really encouraging and um, very inspiring in that way. So I'm looking forward to our conversation. So to get us started, why don't you tell us, Sarah, about a time when you felt like you really triumphed? When did you first ever feel a sense of accomplishment or achievement, whether it was in your work or in your personal life? Wow. You know, there's just been so many opportunities for this. I'm just so blessed um, in my life. But 
as far as the first sense of achievement or accomplishment, uh, definitely would have to go to um, when I graduated from college. Mm-hmm. Um, that was just a really big deal for me. It was something I had dreamt of doing and went to St. Mary's at um, the women's college uh, up at the University of Notre Dame. And mm-hmm. so for me, just having my parents and my brother come to town for my graduation along with my aunt and uncle and just having all of them there and walking across we we graduated outside because the weather was so beautiful and walking across the steps in front of the main building on campus like I did a fist pump to my parents like we did it you know because they uh, I'm gonna cry but you know they were such a, a big um push for me uh, you know during everything I did in college and I would never be able to go to college without their help right um and so it, it felt not just like oh my gosh I graduated but my whole family did um and I so love it was that. Really awesome so beautiful and you know I love that as a mom and having experienced graduating college myself I can relate in that way but as a mom I do see so many <laughs> this is terrible so many of my kids accomplishments are really my own you know what I'm saying yeah. <laughs> but but it's true that we accomplish these things as a family and we love and encourage and support one another as a family so for you to recognize that as you were graduating is really a beautiful moment and I have this really awesome picture right after graduation that um I stole my mom's camera and took of my parents where they both turned around and gave like huge thumbs up like I think that was really more of hey we don't have to pay for college anymore but you know (laughs) we'll we'll pretend like it wasn't just about that (laughs) I'm sure it wasn't but that might have been one small part of it. Yeah. <laughs> you can't blame them. Poor parents. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> that is awesome. Well, thanks for sharing that, Sarah. That's sweet. Um, all right. Next up, why don't you tell us, and um, you don't have to get too nitty gritty. You don't have to embarrass yourself, but you could tell us, please, about a mistake you once made. We all make mistakes, um, either professionally or personally. And what did you learn from that mistake? You know, um, this isn't something I tell a lot of people, but I actually got fired from a job one time. Um, I'm not going to say what job because that that doesn't really matter. Mm -hmm. Um, um, But it it was really good for me. Um, And if you've ever been fired from a job, you probably can say the same thing. Now, that said, they were super cool about it. And they were like, "Okay, well, you know, it's a mutual parting of ways. I worked there for over three months after we both decided it was time for me to move on um, because there was no room for me to grow anyway. And, you know, I had been there for several years. It was just time. Um, And so it was because I got overconfident in how good I thought I was at my job. And uh, I was a young 20-something at the time, and it was really essentially one of my first jobs out of college. And so I just thought, like, oh, you know what? Like, there's no way that I could ever lose my job. Like, I went to college. I'm smart. Like, oh, I'm, I'm great. I have this awesome – it was a, it was an amazing job. Like, oh, I have this great job. You know, I can't make any mistakes. Life is so perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I made a couple mistakes at work, and uh, it was just time to move on. And for me – I've brought that um, with me in everything that I've done ever since because I know that I'm not perfect in anything that I do. And sure, you know, I've been so blessed to accomplish some amazing things in my life, but it doesn't mean that I'm not going to have down moments, even though I've got good stuff going on. So it's been, Mm -hmm. I've been able to carry it with me with some nice perspective that, Hey, you know, no matter what you're working on, you got to concentrate and do the best that you can. But also if you make a mistake, like it's okay because life will continue on and it might even get better because you made that mistake. Wow. Yeah. 
I love that. And such an important lesson that you took away from that, from what could be a devastating experience. Um, but I, think oh, I mean, that- it was totally devastating. And it yeah. took me you know, um, about a year to get to the point where I was like, you know what, this, and I say it all the time, it was one of the best things that ever happened to me. And wow. so, um, like I said, you know, it was, it was really, I guess getting fired is probably not the right way to say it. It was just <laughs> both of us recognized that it was time for me to go and I had done everything I possibly could in that role. And it was just time to move on, which is why I worked there for three months after that conversation, because they let me find a new job and all of this. So, um, so I guess getting fired probably, it's a little dramatic, but just, you know, (laughs) a a nice conversation. Yeah. Yeah. A nice conversation with your employer who at the end of the day wanted me to grow in, in my, in in my career path and help me recognize that when I wasn't quite ready for it. Well, and that's sometimes some of the best, the, the best things that happen to us in life are things that we would never in a million years choose. And it's painful in the moment. And yet it's somebody seeing something better for us. Somebody pushing us in a direction that we would never choose to go on our own. And that's scary, but I love that you've come to full circle here and you've got that kind of perspective on it. Yeah. You know, I, I blame uh, being in my thirties now for that. So. <laughs> Oh, all that perspective and wisdom stuff. It all comes gushing upon you in your 30s. It does. You know, it just one day you wake up and you're like, I'm I'm so wise. <laughs> For me, I was like, I thought I was so wise when I was like 22. So oh, yeah, we all did. I had the whole great. world figured out. I was the perfect mom, even though I hadn't had a kid yet. Yeah, all of that. <laughs> so, but thanks for sharing that. I love that story. Okay, Sarah, why don't you tell us now, what was the best advice that you have ever received? Who gave it to you? And how do you try to implement it in your life? Oh, gosh, you know, I, I've been mulling this one over ever since I got the questions. And mm-hmm. it's really hard to think on this one. I don't know if I've ever, this sounds so terrible. I've got so many great people in my life, but I don't know if I could ever put anything into the best advice I've ever received mm-hmm. other than, you know, and, and I can't remember who told me, but maybe it was just instilled in me from a from a young age to always try to um, be kind to anyone that you meet um, because you don't know what's going on in their life. And, and that's just something that uh, I, I see all the time, you know, a couple weeks ago at mass, um, one of the Monsignors at my parish got up and it's starting to get really loud before and after mass in the church. And I, I'm not a big fan. I do not talk before and after mass. Once I step into the sanctuary, you know, I mean, we've got right. Jesus in the tabernacle and a lot of people are having some very lively like conversations that frankly, could wait till later. Mm -hmm. And so he got up in front of of the church and said, you know, guys, we need to start entering silently and exiting silently because there could be someone who's come back to church for the first time that's not been here forever. They're going through some sort of struggle and they really just need that silent time inside the church. And we all need to be respectful of that. And that just sort of reminded me of how I need to encounter people on a daily basis that if I get really impatient with someone or, you know, judge them um, because it's so easy to do. Right. I need to take a step back and say, well, who are you? You don't know what they're going through today. You need to keep that sense of uh, humility about yourself in mind, but also just the kindness that you need to have for anybody that you come across. And I think Pope Francis has been so good at teaching us that um, once again. And that's something I think that he does better than um, almost anybody I've ever seen, whether I know them or not. Um, and so just that, that idea of, you know, do unto others as you would do unto yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, definitely my parents were the first ones to teach it, but growing up, you know, learned it in 
our CCD, PSR classes, whatever you guys want to call it, at right. church and then life, teen, college. And, you know, as an adult, it's always good to be reminded of that as well. Yeah, I, I love that message. And it's something I have heard before. And yet it's so important to keep in mind. and so easy to not keep in mind. You know, oh gosh, if, yeah. when you're going around and someone annoys you, I, I know my first reaction is always like, you jerk. You know, <laughs> and, and yet yeah. not to put yourself in that person's shoes. And then I know I've been in places where I've been startled by someone's either annoyance or anger with me with something I never intended. And uh, that feeling of, of just kind of sadness and that they don't see my perspective is uh, is overwhelming sometimes. And so to remember that, I mean, I think that really is, I, I love that you mentioned Pope Francis, because that kind of mercy is exactly what he's talking about. Seeing other people with the eyes of mercy, putting yourself in their shoes and, and trying to see things from their perspective. And you're so right. Everybody's struggling. Everybody's suffering. They've all got their own story going on. And so it's, it's so important for us to take that into account when we're interacting with them. Yeah, definitely. And every time I fly, I keep that in mind with all the flight attendants and with the people checking, if you check your bag, the people checking your bags and mm -hmm. TSA agents, like you don't know what kind of rude people came through earlier. And so they're just already frustrated from that. So, you know, just right. I, I travel quite a bit. So that's just something I try to keep in mind when I travel. Every person I encounter through that whole process of slogging through security, I try to give them a smile and say, hey, how are you doing today? Because it, it really helps them, I think, have a little bit better day because that's their job all day long, checking IDs. So whatever Absolutely. you can do to make other people happy. Yeah, a great advice. And I want to hang out in the security line with you, Sarah, because it sounds like you're a breath of fresh air there. <laughs> And I mean, we're all we're all going to the same place. There's no need to like push and get ugly. I'm just like, whatever, we'll get there. Absolutely. We'll get there. Great. I think that served you well, your nice laid back attitude toward travel. That's wonderful. Okay, so I wanted to get to our lightning round. I got to put Sarah Vabulous on the spot for 60 seconds here on Girlfriends. Are you ready, Sarah, for a lightning oh, round? Oh, I'm so ready. Okay. <laughs> here we go. Lightning round on Girlfriends with Sarah Vabulous. All right, Sarah. What person would you most like to have a drink with and why? Pope Francis. Because, oh, yeah. I mean, he's the Pope and, and that's in my bio. Uh, um, uh, it's just any Pope. I'm, I'm picking Pope Francis because he's the current Pope, but I would also pick Pope Benedict. But nice. because I would love to learn from them, I would love to just like soak in their holiness. Oh, over a beer. There could be nothing better. That is awesome. <laughs> okay. What electronic device could you not live without? My iPhone. <laughs> the answer for all of us. Okay. Sarah, what's the worst beer you've ever tried? Um, a he It's called Hebrew something. Any of the Hebrew beers. I'm just going to go with Ew. that whole brewery. Yeah. They're just really bad. That name just doesn't sound good for beer either. No, gross. Okay. <laughs> what was the last movie you saw? And was it thumbs up or thumbs down? I watched Everest on the plane yesterday, and it was good, but I wasn't expecting it to make me cry. Oh, sweet. So I was ugly crying on the airplane. <laughs> Those are the best flight moments. Oh, awesome. Well, we're out of time. You survived in the hot seat you survived your lightning round on girlfriends thanks for sharing some of those fun answers i've enjoyed getting to know you a little bit better through them so sarah before we have to go and say goodbye here maybe you can just give a shout out to something that you're excited about what's going on in your life right now that you want to share with the world um well i am trying to be a better blogger in 2016 um nice. and so catholicdrinky.com um, we'll put that in the show notes yeah so check out my blog i'm also going to 
uh, bring back the podcast. I only did a couple episodes in the fall and then I started a new job and now I've started to, to settle into a cadence. So be looking yeah. for the Catholic Drinky podcast to come back too. So lots of activity up on catholicdrinky.com. Once I get settled, I just got home from a two-week business trip. So probably looking around February 1st to have a lot of content start to go live for the rest of the Super. year. So come visit. Awesome. Looking forward to it. Can't wait for all that great content and to hear you back podcasting. We're really looking forward to it. Thank you so much for coming on, Girlfriend Sarah. You've been a great guest. We've really enjoyed getting to know you a little bit. And um, let's plan to have a drink together soon. Sounds good, Danielle. I'll I'll, uh, pick you out a nice glass of wine or something. Perfect. Thank you. God bless you, Sarah. God bless you. So I really want to thank Sarah for coming on Girlfriends and sharing some of her perspective with us here today. And um, I'll link to her blog and uh, some of her podcasts in the show notes on daniellebean.com. So check that out. Okay, so now I want to share a little bit of feedback that I got from last week's feedback. Last week, I shared an email from a woman that I called Anne, who was a young widow. And um, I heard from another mom, uh, Beth Ann, who sent me a little note about it, saying, I wanted to comment on your feedback that you shared about the woman that was a young widow. My mom was a young widow at the age of 35 after my dad passed away suddenly after a brain aneurysm. I remember she would also complain that there wasn't a lot of support for her or us at the time. She tried to find groups for herself and my sister and I, and everyone would send her to divorced groups, and that just wasn't the same and wasn't at all what we were looking for. Trust me, I know her pain of comparing it to divorce. I even had someone tell us that we were better off once than divorce kids, and you just can't compare two things like that. Um, so then Beth Ann goes on to share some other resources that she's come across online, um, a couple of different web pages, a center for loss with a bookstore that she thinks might be helpful to Ann. So Ann, if you're listening, I'm going to link to those in today's show notes. And if there's anybody out there who's interested in resources for young widows, um, check out daniellebean.com the show notes for today's show, which is episode number eight. And um, I'll have those links there for you. And I got some more feedback this week. And this one is a shout out that um, Audra sent to me for her girlfriend, Brenna. And this is what uh, Audra shares. I love what you're doing with your podcast. Keep it up. Every time I listen to the girlfriend shout out segment, I immediately think about my friend Brenna. I think she deserves a shout out, not only because she's a wonderful mom, Catholic and friend, but also because of how she's dealing with her life situation right now. She and her husband are building their forever house. So to save some money after they sold their house, they moved in with her in-laws. Okay, now I'm going to skip over some details that Audra shared about Brenna's situation, her relationship with her mother-in-law, just to respect people's privacy. But uh, just rest assured that Brenna's dealing with some situations inside her relationship with her mother-in-law. So then Audra goes on to say, she has never, ever demonized her mother-in-law when she's told me about some of the things that have gone on. She's frustrated, to be sure, but she is still grateful to her in-laws for their sacrifice. And she always emphasized that emphasizes that point whenever she does a little venting. I could never be as patient, forgiving, candid, and tactful as Brenna is in dealing with her in-laws right now. And I think she's an incredible example of what it means to be charitable. She strives to keep the house as tidy as possible, plays by their rules, plans meals and cooks, and she's still breastfeeding her youngest and not sleeping. And yet she still makes time for playdates. I'm so lucky to have her as a girlfriend and I love her dearly. So that's from Audra to Brenna, her girlfriend, who sounds like a wonderful example of charity and patience 
parents and good relationships with in-laws. So Brenna, for all that you're doing and all that you've been going through and all that you've offered up, this shout out's for you. Way to go. You are my hero. This shout out's for you, girlfriend. So thank you, Audra, for sharing that. And now maybe you have a friend that's like Brenna, that's going through something difficult that you think could use a little bit of encouragement. Maybe she inspires you and you want to give her a little bit of well-deserved recognition. Let me know. Send me an email at danielle at daniellebean.com. I would love the opportunity to give a friend of yours a shout out here at Girlfriends. Or maybe it's you that could use a shout out. We all need to encourage ourselves to recognize the good things that we're doing, the good things going on in our lives, the right steps that we're making, even if they're small steps in the right direction. So if you need that kind of encouragement, if you're making some good choices and you want us to encourage you in those choices, then let me know at danielle at daniellebean.com, facebook.com slash daniellebean. Shout out to me on Twitter. Let me know what's going on in your world so that we can celebrate them here together and encourage one another. Listen up, girlfriends. It's time for the weekly challenge. We got this. Okay, so this week's challenge, as always, we're going to have a weekly challenge that we take on here together, and it's always related to our different themes that we talk about here, our different topics that we talk about on Girlfriends. So this week, we're talking about beating the winter blahs. So this weekly challenge is going to be for you to choose one of the five things we talked about at the beginning of the show. And just to remind you, those are enjoy a guilty pleasure, get outside, clean something you see every day, take a trip or make a mess. Pick one of those or pick one that works for you and use it this week. If you're not particularly suffering from the winter blahs, then find someone in your life who is. I guarantee somebody you know and love and care about, somebody in your world is suffering from the winter blahs this time of year. So pick one of those five and employ it, either helping yourself or helping your family or helping somebody that you know. And then let me know how it goes for you, okay? We got this. And now before we close up the show, I want to thank um, a person who left me a review. I always like to mention the people who leave me reviews on iTunes because the reviews that Girlfriends gets on iTunes are really helpful to us getting the word out about the show and getting new listeners for Girlfriends, especially in these early weeks of the podcast. So I really appreciate it when people take the time to do that. So um, this week, I want to thank A.M. Hancock, who wrote, I have loved Danielle Bean ever since I read her articles in the National Catholic Register. Wow, that's a long time going. <laughs> that's a ways away. Um, and did a momnipotent group with friends last year. So that's awesome. The Girlfriends podcast is no different. Danielle tells it like it is, but with such beautiful charity, she challenges but doesn't overburden. I love the interviews with various women and the weekly challenges. There is so much fellowship and wisdom here. Well, thank you so much, A.M. Hancock, for leaving me that review. It means a lot. It's really encouraging to me. I especially love to hear that you're enjoying the fellowship and the wisdom of the people that I have on for the interviews, because I think they're awesome, too. And that's why I'm picking these kinds of women that I think they bring a beautiful, special energy and unique voice to girlfriends. So I'm happy to have them. And I'm so grateful for them taking the time. So if you have the time to leave a review, I would love it if you did. Um, um, I, a funny thing happened last week. A, a friend of mine that I actually know in real life, I've met her before, um, she left me a review and she was so excited to hear her name when I was going to say the names of people who left reviews. But she didn't realize that all I see are the usernames on iTunes. And so instead of thanking my friend Marie, I thanked I thanked Mother Swag YOLO. And so if you have a particularly awesome iTunes uh, username, 
let me know about it. Leave me a review and I, I would love to see it there. So um, thank you, Marie, and everyone who's left reviews in the past few weeks. I really appreciate it. Also, I wanted to let you know, um, you who are listening here, of a few different places I'm going to be in the coming weeks. I'd love to meet you in person, and I'm going to be doing a little bit of traveling in the coming weeks. And um, I'm going to try to do this regularly, kind of share with you when I'm going to be different places at different conferences and whatnot, so that if I happen to be in your area, you could come and we could meet in person. I would love for that to happen. So um, in the coming weeks here, um, February 25th to 26th, I'm going to be in LA. I'm going to be at the LA Religious Ed Congress. That's happening there in Los Angeles. Uh, so if you're going there, that's a huge event. There, I know there are going to be lots of people there. I'd love it if you could um, maybe come by the Catholic Digest booth um, or send me an email. Let me know where you're going to be and we could possibly meet up. Then I'm going to be in Buffalo, February 27th. I'm going to be speaking there with Dr. Ray Garendi and Hallie Lord. So I'm really excited about this conference. It's the first annual Catholic Women's Conference in Buffalo. So I'll link to that in the show notes. So if you happen to be anywhere in the area, you might want to check that out. And then March 5th coming up, I'm going to be speaking at the Together in Holiness Conference which is in the Diocese of Orlando, Florida. So I would love it if you're around there, if you'd come out and see me. I'll link to that in the show notes as well so you can register and get all the information about those upcoming events. And then finally, as always, I just want to thank you for spending some time with me here at Girlfriends. It means so much to me that you take the time to share with me here at Girlfriends, that you listen to what I have to share and that you offer me your feedback. I know we're all busy and we have to be very thoughtful about what things we're going to choose to spend our time with. So it just really means the world to me that you spend some time here with me at Girlfriends. It's an honor and it's a privilege to have your time in this special way. So thank you for being here. And until next time, I hope you enjoy your day and God bless your week. Girlfriends is a Danielle Bean production. Know your worth. Find your joy.